We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to this episode of Big Drive Energy. We're going to recap the Ryder Cup. We're going to discuss the Spring Valley Keith's Cup, where Team Spencer dominated Team Mitchell, much like the USA in the Ryder Cup. We are also going to discuss hosting the state championship and the train wreck that that was at the Valley of Fun, along with the debut of a new segment, Fairway or Four, where we take topics from the golf world or the actual world, and we discuss if those things are out of line or if they're in line. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of your favorite podcast, Big Drive Energy, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app, and an official betting partner of the National Football League. I am your host at Big Drive Spence, along with my brother and co-host and friend and work partner and multiple other things in my life at Big Drive Mitch. Mitch, what is up, man? It's been a it's been a couple weeks. It's been a grind these last couple weeks. How you feeling? Uh, we're about to get to slow season, which is uh, just, I can feel it, and it just feels so good. It's yeah, it's so ideal. I had my first day of really not doing anything today and like actually just doing life shit in probably like in like three weeks. So um, that felt really good. I went and got my teeth cleaned. 
just fresh off out of the dentist chair with my pearly whites, not a problem. Um, always rave about my teeth. So props to me for that. Shout out me. Um, I'm the model of health as everybody knows, if you've ever met me. Um, yeah, these last few weeks have been absolutely insane. We had friends in town. Uh, so that made it even busier, but it was a blast. We were doing something every night. Um, won some money at the craps table Saturday night, actually. So I'll, I'll keep it short here, but went up with 800 bones, got down to my last $200. It was like one in the morning. I had to be up at 6.30 the next morning to make it back down to the Valley of Fun for our final round of our Ryder Cup, the Keith's Cup. So I was like, fuck, I got to go to bed. Um, and we caught a hot roller. Dude rolled for almost an hour, made me $1,100, almost $1,200. So I walked up about between $400 and $500. So all things considered, that was a victory. I haven't played craps since in probably a year, which has been way too long. But uh, we've played some golf in these last few weeks. We've, we've done a bunch of shit. We've worked. We hosted State out at Spring Valley. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's finally starting to slow down a little bit. And I can just feel some of the anxiety leaving my body. Just the pent-up stress and overflow of these last six months or so are finally starting to, to go down a little bit. So I'm pretty stoked about that, man. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I, uh, I did not do anything personal today, but I'm looking forward to that day. I think I'm off next Monday and my plates have been expired for like three weeks. So probably going to try to handle that. Um, I also need to get my teeth cleaned at some point soon, you know, just doing shit like we don't really have, like, we haven't really had days. Like I've been at spring Valley every day for the last 10 at some, in some facet or another. So, uh, you mean what in, in, you said in some facet, facet, I don't think that's correct, but we're like, not known for our grammar. So I feel like that's right. Is it not? Uh, it could be. I'm fuck if I know. Never mind. Yeah. Don't, don't try to correct me on. Grammar. <laughs> I don't know who the, I don't know who the, fuck, know who the fuck you think you are. Um, but right. we got Keep uh, going. we got a packed show for you guys today. We're gonna recap the U.S.'s massive ass whooping in the Ryder Cup down there at Whistling Straits. I've played there before, no big deal. And then we're going to discuss you? like uh, you 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 haven't mentioned that you played. I don't think I've Straits. ever mentioned that, especially on this pod. So uh, we're okay. gonna we're gonna discuss the Ryder Cup and the smackdown the U.S. gave the European team, which is just a sign of things to come because that was the youngest USA team ever. And it wasn't even close, but we'll get into that. We'll discuss um, our Ryder cup and our Keith's cup and some of the players in that. And some of the stories from that weekend was a blast as it always is hanging out with our members from the golf club and playing. We played four rounds of golf in a row, which I haven't done. So I don't know if ever, maybe so Clearly not PGA Tour ready. Definitely not making the cut PGA Tour ready. Maybe just give me a Thursday, Friday, Friday round. But uh, we'll also discuss our state championship out at, at Spring Valley with our kids, Caden and Parker, who qualified. It was the actual golf was like minimal, but the actual the whole undertaking of the actual golf tournament was uh, an absolute joke. So we got some stories from that and then. Uh, we're going to debut our new segment called Fairway or Four. And this segment's going to allow us to talk about golf, topics in golf, but 
also topics in life, Denver sports, the sports world, um, politics, and just kidding. We're not talking about that. We don't, we don't uh, mess around with that kind of stuff. And, but just topics in life and where we can kind of bring stuff to each other and, and see if like, basically is that out of pocket or is it not out of pocket? Is that cap or no cap? As the kids say, like, we're basically going to bring topics to each other and see how we feel about it. And then afterwards, we're going to tweet out uh, some polls as well and kind of get the, uh, the Twitter versus take on our takes and see if uh, you see if we disagree on some things because we disagree on a fair amount of things. And that's what makes these fun. If we disagreed about, and we were, the, we agreed about everything and we are the same on everything. It wouldn't, I wouldn't even enjoy talking to you. You know, you're a pretty boring dude. So. Yeah, I get that completely. I think you're pretty boring too. So uh let's yeah that that segment's gonna be fun but let's go ahead and uh, get into a little rider cup yeah absolute ass whooping by the usa team they had a blast just a bottom, they, they just picked him up and spanked him on the bottom yeah just exactly by, grabbed him by the neck and just molly whopped him <laughs> all, all three days long just four ball like it was never really close the usa started out with the lead in the first round of uh, foursomes and never really let go of that lead until Sunday afternoon or excuse me, Saturday afternoon when they finished up, uh, the USA won the Ryder cup 19 to nine, which is a scoring record since team Europe joined it in 72 or 73. I want to say by half. Yeah. Since they, since they went to the current points format of basically what it is. So the biggest win since the format has been what it is. Yeah, so the biggest smackdown ever, 19 to 9. They won by more points than the entire team Europe scored. The USA rookies scored more points than the entire team Europe combined. Uh, you're welcome, you all that listen and bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, because I did give you a winner in that, and we gave you. Um, Dustin Johnson plus 700 to lead the United States team. He played in all five matches, which is one. That's one thing when I was looking at the betting lines for that, that I had to take into account because not everybody got to play all the time. Like even Justin Thomas had to sit for, I believe the Friday afternoon round of four ball. So even guys like that's when he was chugging the beer and he, he actually joked with, uh, with uh, Jim, or Jim Fierick, sorry, Steve Stricker, the United States captain, because uh, Steve Stricker was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to answer all these questions now about you shotgunning a beer uh, right in front of the whole Ryder Cup crowd, which what a crowd and everybody being back into golf and right the Ryder Cup golf tournaments are fairly somber other than the waste management. But the Ryder Cup is far and away the most lit golf tournament that there is in the entire world in terms of fan engagement fans making a difference because I, while they don't like necessarily heckle while you're swinging, that's not really allowed anywhere. They really can get into a team's head, whether it be the Ryder cups being played in Europe and the Europeans are doing it to the Americans or vice versa, like this one where you can heckle the Europeans and, and really kind of get them off their game if they're not completely focused. And a lot of these guys let stuff roll off their, off their back, but not, not all of them. And especially having a few European rookies, I feel like, they were, and guys that hadn't even played on the PGA Tour for more than a couple of years, not used to crowds at all. And then you just pack whistling straights, plumb full of rowdy Wisconsin people and people from all over America. I feel like that's a good, 
that's a good recipe for, for getting into some players heads, but um, Dustin Johnson played all five rounds. He was a perfect five and oh. I played with Colin Morikawa a couple times. They just beat the hell out of, uh, I believe, God, who was it the Friday? Um, they were the Thursday round, just kind of starting it off, whoever it was. I think well, it was they Thursday. started on Friday, so you were right. But or, um, No, they started on Friday, yes. Um, and then – Was it – no, Xander Shaw – oh, well, Taylor and Shoffley were a wagon too. They were dope. Um, but, yeah, who did Dustin and, and – I forget who he played. I think they played Anywho, Poulter. He, no, well, wasn't it Rory and Poulter Friday? Um, first round, it was Rory and Poulter against Xander and Cantley, wasn't it? I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. We're not here for facts. All we, all we know is facts is <laughs> We're United here States, for our, our opinion. United States is taking home the th- 43rd Ryder Cup and drinking plenty of beers out of it. Oh, yeah. Well, Breck Breck only, maybe some strawberry sky, maybe some. uh, uh, Give me another one. Um, What is what's the IPA called? The Hot Peak. Yeah, I was going to say, is it the Hot Peak IPA? Uh, Anywho, Avalanche Amber. There you go. The Avalanche. Mile High City Copper Lager just never ends. Just Breck Breck doesn't quit. Breck does not stop. Uh, but the most legendary line of Dustin Johnson's this week after he went 5-0 and was uh, one of the reporters asked him about partying. And he goes, you're the oldest guy on the team. Uh, and he doesn't feel like it, but he is. Uh, and the reporter goes, do you think you can keep up with these guys partying? And he goes, basically, I wish he would have said it because it would have been hilarious. But he's like, what kind of fucking question is that? Like, that dude will still party any of those guys under the table. He is I, – I bet him and Brooks could could probably go at it for, like, a, a, a drinking contest. I feel like those two have got it in him. Bryson kind of strikes me as a dude who'd have, like, two beers and be, like, thrown up in the bathroom, uh, you know, like, calling his mom to come pick him up because he's he's got to get his sleep and eat his oatmeal in the morning. But, yeah, Dustin Johnson was like, fuck, yeah, I can party with the best of these guys still. I think – what is he, like, 36 or 37 now? But there's not yeah. enough – there's not enough snow in Kohler, Wisconsin to keep up with Dustin Johnson, if you know it's what I'm not saying. A snow, yeah, it's not snowy up, up there quite yet. Uh, I'm sure it, it may have been for a few nights afterwards, but I'm sure Paulina probably flew something in for him. Not as, not as child, just some, uh, some party favors, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but, yeah, Dustin absolutely killed it. Patrick Cantlay kind of stayed – on that same grind that he was on when he won the tour championship, he was making a bunch of clutch putts, hitting the ball really well. Um, is he the best Brooks player in the world right now? Patrick Kaley? Yeah. I mean, it's a very week to week kind of thing or even month to month, but yeah, I'd say he's probably the best player in the world right now. He's, he's as hot as it gets. He had a, an amazing Ryder cup. He just came off winning almost $20 million at the FedEx cup. He's, he's a wagon right now. So there's really no stopping him. I will say, though, Cantley with no hat did not look great. Like, I get guys when they go no hat if they've got luscious locks. But he just had a super white forehead. Like, I mean, a lot of them do. But I almost feel like you got to throw, like, a little fake tan on there, go with a little Cheeto dust on the forehead to try to – because it was just, like, Neapolitan ice cream. Just, like, cheeks were brown and red, fair forehead was white, and – his hairline is not that great. And I have a shitty hairline. Spencer has a shitty hairline. So 
We're not saying I'm I'm not hair shaming here, but Cantley yeah, probably could Cantley could use the lid from the glass house here. Yeah, Cantley definitely could have used the lid those few days, but uh, he played awesome. The team of Brooks and Berger was awesome. I didn't even realize I kind of forgot that they were teammates at Florida State. I'm sure the broadcast said it probably 30 times, but. Uh, that Florida State team was unreal when they had those couple guys. And Berger's low-key got that kind of, like, that competitive nature. He's, like, he's like an athletic type of guy, too. He's not even necessarily a golfer. You know, there's guys who are golfers, and then there's guys who are, like, athletes. And he's, like, I would consider him an athlete. Like, I could see him really getting into, like, a, a game like pickup hoops and, like, talking a bunch of shit. And he also likes talking shit anyway, so him and Brooks uh, got along really well. But – uh, him and it looks like Bryson and Brooks kind of buried the hatchet for the for the week. I don't know how much of it was show or not, but even Justin Thomas uh, was asked about that. And he goes, I can't even tell if it was for show or not. Like they were working out together. They were eating meals together. It wasn't like they were just acting cordial in front of all the, the crowds and the media and stuff. You know, it seemed like they were actually playing friends, playing nice for a week or so. And it, it seemed to work. Well, and now there's a, uh, a match scheduled for the 26th of November, a little 12-holer down at the Wynn in Las Vegas, Brooks and Bryson. They're, they're giving the people what they want. Yeah, they're finally doing it. It's kind of weird. It's 12 holes. Um, I'm not quite sure what that's about. But I think that that leans in Brooks' favor because he's mentioned before his attention span is about 14 holes worth of golf. So that's getting up there for his limit on how many he can play. But that will be a really fun match. I almost think that they should have done this before the Ryder Cup when the animosity was at an all-time high, like when they really hated each other. Because after the Ryder Cup, everybody's like, do they even hate each other? Or are they just doing this for the, the $40 million fun that, you know, the PGA Tour added this year for guys on social media, you know, creating a buzz, creating stir in the golf world. But I think they should have done it before when you know they it really seemed like they hated hated each other because now it's kind of like uh they they kind of might just buddy buddy it and you know they're both going to get a massive bag for that they're probably just going to make a couple million dollars at least just for that uh that match off pay-per-views and shit so um i i would like to see some not hatred but i want to see them talk a little shit i don't want to see them giggling like little school girls and shit like that like make it competitive make it angry and whoop somebody's ass but we're, we kind of got off topic there um but yeah that match is gonna be dope yeah i'm just excited for that match to see the win golf club i think i'm pretty sure it's only a 12 hole match because they, that's all they have there i i thought I, they, I definitely think they have 18 holes no i'm pretty positive i'm gonna look this up you filibuster for a moment well are they uh could they possibly be doing a renovation on the other six holes I think they only uh, I, had nine holes to start, bro. Uh, yeah, you might. I, I That would make more sense than just saying a 12-hole golf course because I don't think anybody makes a 12-hole golf course. Uh, but who knows? I, I'm not – I don't go to Vegas to play golf, unfortunately. I go to get my ass kicked at the tables and drink way too much. So, Oh, I, yeah, hate that, the, I hate this now. Now that I look at it uh, – it's an it's our it's a newly redesigned 18 hole championship course by Tom Fazio and his son Logan, and it's 18 holes. That sucks. I thought it was a niner, and I thought they made it to 12, but now I don't. 
I don't understand why they're not playing 18. Now I'm kind of pissed off about it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying something different, like pay-per-view wise, because I know watching a full four, four and a half hour round of golf is a lot. So maybe they're trying to keep it like same length as like an NFL football game, like two and a half, three hours, keep the people engaged, keep eyes on it. I mean, that's my most logical guess. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but um, that that could be why. Or, I mean, is, isn't it around Thanksgiving or when it's is the, it? The 26th, I believe, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. So, they're, I mean, Bryson's going to be full of turkey. He's just going to be gorded, like engorded. He's just going to be stuffed. And, and Brooks is going to have a massive hangover, so – they may have wanted to cut it short for that too. Bryson might have to up the shirt size uh, that week because who knows how much meat that dude eats at Thanksgiving. It's probably sickening. That Puma is getting a little tight. That, that <laughs> logo is about to pop off of his chest. Yeah, that, that hat, that little bowler hat that he wears might not fit. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be sitting, it'll be sitting on the top of his head like how an old dude wears a stocking cap. <laughs> It'll look, it'll look like Peter Griffin with a baseball cap on, just like a little fucking little top hat on top of his head. Uh, and so some other stories from the Ryder Cup. Uh, one thing I, I thought was awesome was how basically Steve Stricker, with the lead going into Sunday singles, threw the rookie Scotty Scheffler to the Wolves, the only player on, the team, on Team USA that hasn't won a PGA event. And the only player on Team USA, or the lowest ranked player on Team USA in the world, threw him to the Wolves against John Rahm, who basically, if it wasn't for John Rahm and Sergio Garcia, the Europe might have not, I don't, I think they would have had like four points, maybe four or five, wow. and it would have been a complete blowout. But Rahm and Garcia were, uh, Rahm was 3 0 1 heading into that match. And Scotty Scheffler birdies four of the first five of the first eight holes and just takes him down from the start and ends up winning, uh, winning that match, which I thought was basically a throwaway for Team USA. And it turns out I was completely wrong. But, you know, that that'll happen from time to time. I, I, I have been wrong. Yeah, I know you can't believe it, but. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I agree. That match is absolutely insane. And Scheffler is that kind of dude, too, who seems like he's got that that fire in him like he wants to go out and and make a name for himself you know and I think he did that at this Ryder Cup because he was kind of a, a surprise pick there uh um Stricker could have gone in a few different directions with his captain's picks and he went with Shaw or I'm sorry um Scheffler and it turned out well for him and Scheffler's a dog dude he played really well uh I do have to mention another crazy thing so about Sunday singles there was a player a gambler. Um, I'm not sure where they were located, but they had a $7 parlay and predicted every single sing, every one of the singles matches correctly and made almost a million dollars. So that's a 12 leg parlay right there. So I, I mean, I guess those odds compute, but isn't that absolutely bonkers? Like, well, what's insane, was, what's insane about it is that he picked Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland to tie and uh, Jordan Spieth and Tommy Fleetwood to tie, which is that's yeah. that's the craziest part. Like picking winners is not that hard, I guess. I mean, it's still hard. A twelve, a two leg parlay is hard, more or less twelve. But picking two ties in there as well, like I have no clue what. Well, and, and think about that too, because that makes them all three way bets. 
because it's either a, a win, lose, or a tie. You know what I mean? So that's a that's fucking insane. That's probably why the odds were so crazy because yeah, that that three ways. I mean, the probability of hitting a three way is on that is probably call it thirty percent. So times thirty percent times thirty percent, and then do that ten more times, and that's the probability of predicting that correctly. Um, so no wonder the dude almost made a million bucks off seven, but absolutely fucking bonkers to to hit a bet like that. There's so much luck involved in that that it's just uh, pretty hard to imagine. Those are once in a lifetime bets. I'm still waiting on mine. It, it's probably never going to happen. It's kind of like getting struck by lightning. Like you really, you, you don't expect to ever hit a bet like that, but it's fun just to have it out there, have the action. And I think he, I think he just had the last leg to go and the, he, he wrote it out. He obviously, um, like I said, he didn't get bought out at any point. He wrote it all the way out. So he could have had probably at one point in the day, a couple hundred grand in his pocket. He wrote it. Then he could probably get out half a million and he wrote it and wrote it all the way home. So that's, that's a man after our own hearts. You don't go buying yourself out. Um, like, like somebody did with an MVP bet that I know. Uh, oh, that's that hurts. And that MVP <laughs> bet was on the DraftKings Sportsbook and DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official betting partner of the NFL, is giving a five week offer to every football fan. So if you haven't jumped on and you want to jump onto the DraftKings Sportsbook and maybe win yourself seven hundred thousand dollars off of a seven dollar bet, DraftKings is the spot to do it. And they're giving you a chance to win one hundred dollars if you bet just one dollar on any NFL game if either team scores a point and the last zero to zero tie in the NFL was in 1943. So this isn't really a no brainer, but it's almost all the way there. DraftKings customers have the opportunity now at same game parlays as well. I'm a sucker for a same game parlay because every week we sit down, whether it's Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning and watch the Broncos play. And I'm like, all right, I got to get in on this. I'm still salty for Noah Fant not getting my seven leg same game parlay from a couple weeks ago. But you know what? It's all right because DraftKings offers those now. And the more legs you add, the more money you can win. They let you choose, you know, how many rushing yards certain players will have. And it just makes the game fun because you can do all these bets and combine them into one, watch one game and have a parlay on just that game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and bet just $1 on any NFL game to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Promo code DNVR this week only at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Anything else you want to talk about from the Ryder Cup? Uh, pretty impressive just all around from everybody on Team USA. I think Justin Thomas had a mediocre week. But other than that, I mean, overall, dude, Bryson hitting the ball millions of miles, clearing both the pawns on hole number five, which we talked about, Snake, uh, was in a pretty impressive. And then in his singles match, he steps up against Sergio and drives the green on the first hole. And it was like 40 feet from the hole, which – Nobody's ever driven that green at Whistling Straits in terms of like on a, in a professional tournament. So uh, anything else you want to talk about from the Ryder Cup? Um, one thing I will say is, is Rory looked pretty rough. Like he, he's that dude that I kept riding all year. Like he's going to break out. He's going to break out. He's going to break out. 
I think something's fucked up with his swing, honestly. Like, he's just not hitting it well. It's just not Rory. And I think it's really brought his confidence down. And you saw how upset he was on Sunday after they lost. And um, he's just in a weird spot right now, I feel like, for, for being one of the best players in the world. Like, you rarely see a guy um, – and we've talked about it too, but, like, that's what makes Tiger that much more impressive is a lot of these guys get on hot streaks – like Justin Thomas, like John Rahm, like Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, you know, and the list goes on. But Tiger pretty much did this for like over a decade and he was just hot for over a decade like that. That's kind of what makes you the goat. But yeah, Rory's just in a bad way right now. And my heart kind of goes out to the dude. I'm sure he's crying into his his room full of hundred dollar bills and gold coins, but um, going full Scrooge McDuck diving in head first into into that room. But yeah, I, I just kind of feel for the guy. He, he's going through a rough spot right now. Um, I would say Rory, if you need a hand, give me a shout. I can get you out to the Valley of fun here anytime you want. And we can look at that golf swing, see what you uh, see. It, and then real quick, I'll go golf analytics here and just swing wise, his hands get so deep at the top, like, especially with the driver, but even with the irons, he struggles more because his, his hands get so far behind him that basically in transition his hands and the club need to travel like straight out and more around him than down and like so if he gets that lead side sliding at all and gets that lead side high um i'm kind of illustrating it as i'm doing this nobody can see it uh unless we we took a video of this but he just sometimes he gets stuck with that right too much right side bend his hands are too deep behind him he gets caught really far from the inside and uh, he's either hitting a push or a hook. And with that two-way miss, you, you can't really survive on the PGA Tour like that, even if you're as talented as Rory. So he's got some work to do. I don't know. I don't think he's changed swing coaches. I know he, he uh, what is his, one of his buddies is caddy now. Like, I don't know how well that's serving him. So he's got some shit to work out. He's still got plenty of time. I mean, that is the one thing about golfers is you can have a 25 year career seriously. So he's just going through a low spot hopefully and we'll see him back, but yeah, kind of weird to see him uh, so out of sorts these last few months. Yeah. He even tried what everybody else is doing and had a, had a kid. He forced, <laughs> forced his wife into having a kid so he could win again. And it didn't work either. So just poor guys yeah. try, trying everything. Dad's strength doesn't even work for him. That's fucked up. Yeah, dad strength can't even bring Rory McIlroy back from the dead. <laughs> no, nah, but he'll okay. be back. He'll probably be winning like four four events, three or four events next year, and everybody yeah. will be chill. Yeah, he everybody goes, chill. He's yeah, he's one of those elite players that goes through just weird low spots, but then when he's hot, he's just best player in the world by a mile. Like I would say him and John Rahm, if I could watch two guys like drive the golf ball. It would probably be those two. They just drive the absolute shit out of it. But, yeah, even Rory, like like we mentioned earlier, Rory and Poulter got beat pretty good by Cantlay and Shoffley the first round. And I think that was kind of like Europe's chance to try to assert dominance. Like, Rory's the, the kind of their guy. I mean, has been their guy. And Poulter's just the anchor that's been there for the last four or five Ryder Cups just whooping everybody's ass. So I kind of think they put out their best squad. And Shoffley and Cantlay were just like, fuck you guys. We're going to go 
play our asses off, dominate you and shut the European team up. And they kind of did that. So. Yeah, that was really on paper. One of the best matchups they had other than like Sergio and Rom, who's just one of the best players in the world right now, but they, uh, once they lost that match, they must have just known that it was kind of over for them at that point. They they obviously had to play three more days, but they knew they knew what was coming. They knew. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I will say is the American team can't officially be back until they win on European soil. So they need to go out to Europe. Where is uh, is in France? I want to say, or no, France was last year or two years ago, um, I think the next one, or was it three years? Good God. No, it'd be two years. Three it's, years in Ro- it's in Rome in 2023 and Beth Rome in 2025. Oh, that's going to be sick. We always talk about trying to go out to a Ryder Cup. Who knows if it's ever going to happen or not. Maybe a few years down the road, we be, we'll be able to get press passes to get these two jackasses behind the ropes and uh, ask some stupid-ass questions. Yeah, you guys want good content on the PGA Tour and them to boost numbers. Bring us on. Bring the golf bros on and then it's fucking game over. We'll ask the dumbest shit you didn't even think of. (laughs) We'll ask the shit you didn't even dream of thinking of. (laughs) All right, well, enough of the Ryder Cup. Now we'll move on to uh, Spring Valley's version of the Ryder Cup that you and I played in. It's called the Keats Cup. Long story short, it was one of our, our members. Go ahead, Spence. I was just going to say, you might want to give a shout out to the winning team real quick. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Spencer's team. I'll, I'll eat it. Um, even Max Berger, one of our buddies, uh, he listens to the pod. He goes, I better hear a shout for the winning team on the pod. So I was like, I'll go on, eat some crow and, and admit that our team sucked. That's uh, exactly why he texted me this morning and said that better happen. So that's why. <laughs> shout out yeah. Max. Oh, yeah. Max brought home some points for me. That was the biggest. It was his first Ryder Cup or first Keats Cup. He played his ass off. Um, I think he even had a better time. And I had a kick-ass time. Like, I had a blast. Um, I whooped your ass two out of the three days. Uh, the second day, so we played best ball the first day. Or, no, I'm sorry, alternate shot first day, best ball. The, geez. Scramble second day? Yeah. Scramble second day, best ball the last day. Or singles last day. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, Spencer dominated me in the scramble in true Spencer fashion. Big scramble guy. Yeah. He's the scramble God. Um, him and who'd you play with? Uh, Brian. Yeah. And you guys shot like 62. Yeah. 62 or 63 right around there. That was pretty good. I mean, Brian hit it. Brian actually drove it really well, but you guys, for how long you guys hit it, your short wedges are just not good. Um, honestly, if that was me and you, the way you were driving it, we probably could have broken 60 fairly easily because you guys had a few 30 yard wedge shots that turned into pars. Uh, I'm not saying that's my forte, but that's kind of my forte. So they whooped up on us on Saturday, my team. So, uh, team Mitchell, my team don't want to talk in the third person here, like a complete douche, but, uh, we had a one point lead after the first day, uh, me and Eric Tuttle, Eric Tuttle and I, our good buddy, uh, we shot like a 74 alternate shot. So I thought that was pretty good. We played pretty darn well. And that was with three double bogeys. So uh, not don't name names here, place any blame, but Eric drove a few in the shit and that cost us a few double bogeys. So um, 
I'm not going to say I played mistake free, but I, I played pretty good. Uh, of course. Yeah. Just in my own fashion, just teed my own horn, but Spencer played really well Saturday. And then we kind of battled it out on Sunday. I really didn't, I, I pushed. So we pushed the front. I won the back. I won the total, but I made a probably a 12 footer on nine to push the front. Is that, is that correct? I'm not trying to. Yeah, no, it, it's, it just like is the difference in our games because I was had a horseshoe so far up my ass that I couldn't even talk for the first like seven <laughs> holes. And I finally got a lead like Mitchell missed a short putt on three hole. Number six was it, I'm going to talk about that until I'm 80 years old. So quick rundown of hole number six at spring Valley. If you haven't played it par four kind of dog legs a little right, but there's a, a pretty big bunker guarding the green and there's hazard all down the left side, but it's not really playable unless you hit a duck trap hook like I did. And so I hit a, I hit a trap hook into the hazard. I have to drop two and hit three. I'm trying to go pin hunting because Mitchell's in the middle of the fairway. He's still, I'm still out even dropping and hitting three from this point. And I hit it about 40 yards, 30 yards short of the green. And he hits his second shot and it's about a foot to two feet away from being ideal and tap in birdie and tying the match and me just crying and losing basically train off the tracks fully for me. And he hits it in the bunker and it's like right up against the lip. So it's very rare that he's going to be able to make a par from there unless he makes like a 25 footer, which he ended up having. But I uh, go up to the fairway and I'm like, I fucking got to can this. I just got to just try because other than that, this is this match is probably over. Mitchell hadn't hit his bunker shot yet, but I thought, oh, maybe there's a glimmer of hope we tie this at five. And I end up canning it from the fairway from 30 yards. And Mitchell, the look on Mitchell's face is absolutely priceless from me because he's he's a better golfer. And I'll admit that to all the listeners on this pod. I, I understand that. That's why he beat me and took all the points, because when it came down to pressure or anything like that, I kind of I kind of fold like a cheap 10 sometimes. I feel like I played pretty good, but he was just better that day. It wasn't like me folding. But yeah, after six, I was oh, riding, I was, I I was was riding so a high fucking, of all highs. That's when I kind of popped my top. You said something to me on seven and I just fucking kind of lost. I started short circuiting a little bit because I had felt like I had kept my cool. Like uh, he made a Spencer made a probably a 30 footer on four for birdie. I was like, fuck that. Cause I had, I legit had a birdie fucking 90 degree lip out to push afterwards. Um, I thought I was going to have that to win the hole. And that's the other thing about match play is Spencer has a 30 footer. I have a 15 footer. I expect him to miss that, you know, and in my mind, I wasn't in the right mindset. So I was like, Oh, he's going to miss this. I'll have this putt to win at the very least I'll push. Then he makes this all of a sudden I have this influx of pressure on me. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, I got to make this to win the or to push the hole now, you know, it, it just put a bunch of pressure on me. I thought I hit a good putt. Um, everybody thought it was in about a foot out. It ended up flipping out. So that kind of had me pissed. And then on five, we both made birdie. Uh, and then six was my boiling point. Cause I had three putted hole number three to go one down. So I was, I was two down after four and then we pushed, uh, pushed five and then Spencer won six so I was I three down after six and I won seven, eight, nine. I think so. No, no, we tied seven, didn't we? With pars. I think you were two down. Okay, yeah. Cause oh, because I won uh I won hole number one. Yeah, and two. 
Oh, did I win one and two? Yeah, you won no, one and no, we tied one, you won two, then I won three and four, and then we pushed five, and then I won okay, six. So I was so two, I was two uh, yeah, I was, I was two down after six. So I had I basically had three holes to try to even up that front side. We pushed seven, I won eight, and then I made like a 12 footer on nine for Birdie. And I think that just really pissed Spencer off. Um, he wasn't super pleased. And then I think I ended up, so I shot even par on the front nine. I think he shot like the same. And then I think I ended up shooting like a couple under on the back. So, I mean, we played fairly well. Spencer played his ass off. He just had a few shots here and there that didn't quite fall his way. But uh, overall, it was a great weekend. And Spencer did a much better job of picking his team, apparently, because my team sucked ass. Uh, like I said, we were up by one point. It was six and a half to five and a half, my team, after the first day. And then we lost pretty handily by, I want to say, like five to six points. So we, we got our, our shit rocked on Saturday pretty good. And then uh, Sunday, we kind of had a fighting chance and really didn't even sniff it. So uh, congratulations to Team Spencer. You guys kicked ass. Uh, Spencer's a hell of a captain. I know he's a big motivator, big rah-rah guy. Um, some call him the Urban Meyer of golf, but he, <laughs> he's, he knows how to rally the troops. I do know how to pick a good team. Urban Meyer, that is a little bit of a touchy subject currently. Uh, I was that not, might be a fair way or four. I, I was not caught in the bar after the game with uh, another female. My fiance was at the bar. Um, so I was not <laughs> not caught on World Star, um, basically yeah. you know, checking the oil on someone. <laughs> so it's someone that wasn't my wife. Oh, my. Can you just real quick, can you just imagine being so dumb that you don't even take the plane flight home with your own team and then you get caught? Like, I guess there's a bar that he owns in Columbus, Ohio. So he oh, owns dude, he's just doing some management activities, just making sure everything yeah. runs smooth. He's making sure all the girls have their their uh, appropriate dress wear on because, yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> he, he might be out already out there at, in Jacksonville, but. Anywho, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to our high school state championship out at Spring Valley. Spence, what did you think of that? I, I think you may have a little bit less hair, and and the hair that you have on your head might be a little bit more gray. Yeah. So undertaking this, basically, when I was emailed by Chassa, which is Colorado High School Activities Association, back in probably March or April. They were like, hey, we haven't hosted the state championship out there since 05. Like, we'd really like to host 3A state. And that's uh, 3A is what we coach and our boys. And we knew we had three to four seniors this year that were looking pretty good as far as going to state. And so I I jumped at the opportunity. I was like, man, this is great pub for our golf course. Uh, There's going to be people from, you know, the Western Slope. Northern Colorado, Aspen was there, Basalt, Del Norte schools. I don't even know where they are or towns. I don't even know. I think, where they I are. think Aspen won it. Is that correct? Yeah, they did. Uh, I know they, that's pretty surprising. Aspen usually doesn't win shit like that. You know, they're, they don't have any rich kids up there. So a couple of uh, Vail Mountain schools were there. Sterling, just all literally all over the state of Colorado came. And we, if you've been to the Valley of Fun and played it or seen it, We didn't have parking at all for the record in the parking lot. And then there were cars lined on both sides of the road on the county road going into our golf course for for about a half a mile out of it. So 
it was insane. It was a giant clusterfuck. There is no other way to put it. I was in over my head a little bit with planning it. I was like, oh, Chassa, you know, is going to, they're going to do all this stuff. And I just kind of can sit in the pro shop or go coach my kids and hang out. And it turned into a mess. Uh, there were so many spectator carts that we ran out of golf carts by like 8 a.m. Both days were pissing families off because they couldn't get golf carts because every coach had to have one, obviously. So we were down to about 30 or so carts after all the coaches got one. And once we ran out, we started taking a waiting list. I believe on Tuesday I had 14 people on the waiting list for carts. Not a not a good look for us, I guess, but also I don't really know how to plan for these kind of things. These things come around once every I don't know, 10 years, 15 years for us, 16 years. So tough to plan for, but we were talking to our buddy, Ben, who works over at city park and they had the 4 a state championship there. And they said they only allowed carts for handicapped people, which in hindsight is what I probably should have done at first. Um, I got berated by the Aspen coach because we didn't have a, a cart for a dad that was handicapped. And I said, she goes, so you're out of golf carts, but you're not out of handicap carts, right? And I'm like, no, no, a golf cart is also under the classification of a handicap cart or a handicap cart is under the classification of, classification of a golf cart. And we have neither of those. So I'll uh, drop your name on the waiting list. She was not happy with me at all. Uh, and a lot of parents weren't. Uh, the practice round was a shit show on Saturday, Sunday. All the kids were, they were making tea times and we just didn't have enough tea times for public. And I, I, I could do it better next time for sure. For sure. But for sure. 100%. Overall, um, like my job, most of the last two years at spring Valley, I get a little bit in over my head with scheduling tournaments and doing too many events as we know by how burnt <laughs> out we are currently, uh, you like a candle with just wax in it. No more, uh, uh, just melted nope. wax, no more actual hard, hard wax in there and it it turned out i mean it was, i guess overall uh, fuck you i guess overall <laughs> it was semi-fine um the course was in great shape our, our superintendent and their staff did a great job there was an interesting article that came out today from one of the schools and i so i thought it was pretty funny because I'm not taking anything away from this kid. Obviously he made state congratulations, you know, but the, the article read something to the effect of uh, X kid came out on Sunday and shot his lowest round ever of 78. I'm like, Oh, congratulations. Like, wow. You, you know, not, I'm not taking big, anything, big anything away from the kid or any of the other golfers. I'm just saying like, this is a state championship. The winner shot six under in two days. So it's it's out of this realm for him to be excited or think he's going to win state if his low ever is 78. But he came out on Sunday, shot 78 in the practice round, and then his coach was bitching about the pin placements on Monday and Tuesday and said they were ridiculous, said the tricked-out greens made it hard, and the kid shot like 82, 83. First of all, we didn't set the pins, so that was a shot at, at Chassa and their CGA and all that stuff. Not us, so uh, I'm not going to take that. Uh, but for second of all, we did absolutely nothing different to the greens Monday, Tuesday that we did on Sunday. So the coach was must have been pissed because he thought this career low 78 was all of a sudden going to put this kid in contention. Whatever. I don't care. A lot of the things that happened this week, I really wanted to just look at the coaches or the, the person that had the issue and be like, bro, your kid shot 85 
uh, he, his low round, you know, why are you getting so up in arms about this? I understand if the kid shot 67 and we fucked him on a ruling and then all of a sudden he shoots 68 and loses the state championship. There's a difference there, but when you're hovering over the middle of the pack there, why don't you, you just need to just pipe it down and, uh, and watch your kids shoot, shoot at whatever score and enjoy that you're not teaching PE for a day and you're out coaching your kid and, and get to travel in a free hotel on the school's dime. So that's my two cents about it. I'll probably never do that again. As long as I'm at a golf course, it was not, uh, not an overall ideal situation other than getting it for our kids, Caden and Parker. Once again, congratulations who made it. Uh, they didn't have the best showing. They didn't really have their good stuff uh, Monday, Tuesday, but that was my real, my real uh, motivation for the entire thing. I didn't realize what uh, I was going to unearth once I started digging this little hole. Yeah, that it was a pretty insane week. I will say um, Parker did play pretty well relative to how he's played all year um, because Parker was mostly in the low 80s all year and he shot 82, 84. So he played pretty damn good for him. Um, for point of reference, two years ago, Parker was nowhere near breaking 100. Caden was probably in the mid-90s. So how far these guys have come has been the real reward for us. We knew they weren't going to win. They weren't going to be in contention. And that's we're just realists. Like, I'm not going to fill their head full of bullshit. Like, oh, you can win this. I was like, let's go out, play well, have fun. And Spencer and I were the only coaches that walked with both of those kids the entire day, both days. So uh, I think we're the real MVPs here. I'm just kidding. It's, it's about the kids, not about us. But I had a fucking blast. I walked with Caden the first day. Um, he's kind of a basket case mentally. He, uh, he would go from making a couple birdies and like he's like, oh, my swing feels so good. My game feels so good. And then he makes one bad swing. He's like, oh, my God, I hate golf. I want to quit. And that's kind of how we all feel. But you can't act that way in that state tournament. You have to act more like a, a duck on water. You're you're paddling like hell underwater, but you're just chilling up top. And he kind of let it get the best of them. Um, I will say hole number 10 was the bane of their existence. And if you've played the Valley of Fun, you know what hole number 10 is like. Uh, they put it back on the tips the first day, which is a pretty big boy hole. It's 465 from the Black Tees. Um, you've got Hazard left. You've got OB right. And then you've got two bunkers protecting the green. And then the green complex is really tough on top of that. And then it's blowing about 10, 15 miles an hour straight in their face. So, uh, and they both teed off there both days, which was really ass. Like, I wish they could have just started on hole number one, you know, seen 10 midway through the round when they've got a few holes under them. But I think they combined to play that one hole in 13 over 13 over three, for two days, three so. triples in a quad. <laughs> fucking that's joke. fucking ins yeah that's insane how that even happens but uh i i don't really know what to say uh but i had a blast like i said yeah the whole uh everybody i didn't realize dealing with so many high school parents and in hindsight i should have realized this and spencer did take the brunt of it so i'll give him credit because i kind of just floated around coach did my shit i didn't really um, deal with that many people, but just the interactions and, um, like, and obviously we want to get all handicapped people carts that we can. And let's be real. There's some people that say they're handicapped. They just don't want to walk, but totally real. Um, and when you people can't come say in, that it's 2021, yeah. you can't say that stuff. 
Yeah, I'm. I wanted a fucking golf cart. I was hung over on Monday for <laughs> being real here. Yeah, we I gave up our own it. golf cart for the fucking valley and for the for the parents. Yeah, we had to walk. yeah. I, Twenty-seven I years old, and we had to fucking walk. Can you believe? I it? was sweating whiskey like nobody's business, chugging water, chugging G two. I was or Gatorade zeros. I was fucking not feeling great. I powered through it. Um, but yeah, one dude walks in and goes. We, we told him we're out of carts and he goes, well, I am handicapped. And we're like, that doesn't change the fact that we have zero carts. Like we, we felt bad, but it's like, dude, what, what do you not get about us not having a golf cart? And I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people. Cause if you don't work in the industry, you don't know it, but these last two years have been an absolute shit show when it comes to golf carts. Like everybody wants to ride by themselves. Everybody wants a cart, this and that. Like, I swear I've had legit nightmares about running out of golf carts. I think I told, didn't, Spencer, didn't you and I each have a dream or a nightmare about golf carts? I think I remember you talking about that. Yeah, and then one night you told me that you you dreamt that I had, like, 24 keys in my pocket and you needed them. And, like, yeah, golf carts have been one of the main stressful points of our our jobs these last two years, so just for it to come to a head this last weekend and have a bunch of people freaking out on us. Um, there really wasn't anything we could do. And then on top of that, coaches are like, Oh, can I get a second cart? There was legit. And this is so people know we're not exaggerating. There was eight carts following one group and it was threesomes. So you had, and we have what 72 carts. So that was li- literally one ninth of our total cart count was in one group. And there was 80 some kids playing. So three of the 81 kids had eight carts. I'm sorry. Nobody really gives a fuck about this, but it's just one of those things that if you work in the industry, it grinds your fucking gears. Uh, But overall, it was was a lot of fun. Uh, Like Spencer said, it was great exposure for our golf course. And yeah, what the fuck? We tricked out the greens. They were just fast. Like they, they were rolling great. They were awesome. I don't know. Like Spencer said, they've they've gotten really fast these last couple weeks but they have been fast like we didn't all of a sudden double cut double roll and they're rolling a 13 like they were probably rolling around 11 or 12 if you know what the the stim meter is um but yeah the who do you know what school that was that asked us about the stim meter well no about the uh about the kid that said the greens were tricked out oh i think it was del norte or something i don't know Oh, wow. That, that must be a hot topic in their local newspaper. Um, but overall, yeah, great, great uh, result. We did, Spencer and I kind of got into it with a coach we'll leave unnamed about a rules, a uh, ruling question. And the D was just an absolute prick. Uh, right in the middle of the hole, like he's coming over and yelling at me and Spencer and his kid's still trying to finish the hole. His, the, his player was visibly embarrassed apologized for uh his his coach's actions so it was it was kind of wild and finally because spencer and i were over by the ruling and we gave the kid a ruling and it wasn't necessarily incorrect it could have gone one way or the other but then the coach comes over starts yelling at us and i finally was like well if you would have been over here you could have given us the ruling so that was the most frustrating part for me was uh just the fact that he wanted to yell at us after we had given him the ruling and turns out that he wasn't even there. You know, he comes over after the fact and, and wants to bitch at us about the ruling we gave his kids. So 
And shout out to uh, Parker's dad, John Goodrow. He's always got her back. He about threw some old man down on the ground. He, he, he basically bitched that coach out. The coach came and apologized to us later. He knew he was in the wrong. So long story short, don't fuck with us. Um, if we don't got it, our, our kids coach it, or our kids' parents got it. Yeah, so, and, and uh, the best part about that whole scenario is when the coach kind of stormed off and pissed, Mitchell just throws out it. Well, if you would have been over here, you could have given your kid a fucking ruling. And it just fucked. I could tell he was just steaming. Oh, dude, I was I was worked up. He was worked up. He came out at us out of nowhere. Apparently, he was a rules official at the NCAA for years. Oh, was he? Um, so he only he, told us that like four fucking times. Yeah, yeah. Big rules, hardo. Um, that was the only thing he really knew about golf. He wasn't helping any of his kids actually play the course. He was just uh, making sure they all got their proper ruling. His kid didn't even think he got a drop from a fucking drain. So that was I, I, we should have just let him hit it. Should be like, no, nah, you don't get it. You don't get a drop. And then just let him go go from there. But yeah, that's uh, we were trying to do a, a good thing for an innocent young high school kid, and we got bitched out. So you know that. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But other than that, yeah, the course is in great shape. Uh, who? In, so a kid from Vail won it? Uh, I believe Individually? So. I think Vail Mountain School uh, individually won it. And then Aspen won the, uh, the team portion. So their name is the, – their mascot's the Skiers. So their mascot is is just a hobby that eighty percent of people in Colorado can't even afford to do, but that's <laughs> but that's beside the point. So, um, yeah, great great success, great success overall. Borat great most. success. Yeah, uh, the winner was time, Con- Connor Downey. Connor Downey from Vale Christian won it. Shot one thirty nine. He shot sixty nine seventy. So pretty solid two days from him. So five under total. Yeah, and the kid, yeah, kid that, that ended up that getting second, the kid that got second place ended up shooting 73 the second day to lose by one. Ouch. 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 That's hate, a, to, hate to see it. Tough, tough finisher. Um, we had already left by the time it finished up because we no longer needed to be there, nor did we want to be there. Uh, but anywho, Spence, you got anything else on the, the high school championship? No, that's about it for me, man. I'll probably never do that again, and uh, we'll just move on from there. We don't have any really any more tournaments the rest of this year other than a couple little fun fun deals out at the, out at the Valley of Fun for twosomes and foursomes. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, we're winding down, and we're, we're excited to put a little bit more work into uh, the Big Drive Energy podcast, getting you guys more content. We found out about a week ago that we have the whole month off of February, literally the entire month. So uh, catch us down at the waste management with press passes, hanging out with the players, doing interviews, whole, all that stuff. That's the plan. As of right now, Super Bowl weekend, we'll be down in AZ enjoying the sunshine when it's probably snowing and awful here in Colorado in February. But all right, we're going to finish this podcast up with our new segment. Bow, 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 bow. Stealing that from the DNVR. Bow, 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 bow. Um, and I thought of this when we were when I was actually on the plane the other day uh, to Nashville. And uh, so we're going to it's called fairway or four. Basically, if you're a golfer, you know, if you hit it in the fairway, you just kind of pick that tee up, move on. It's it's all kosher. 
Uh, if you're yelling for it generally means that you have a chance at an insurance bill or hitting someone else and pissing them off. So we're going to go through some topics just in the world can be Denver sports can be anything. And Mitchell and I are going to kind of talk to each other uh, and see, you know, he, we don't know. I don't know what he's picked. He doesn't know what I've picked. And we're going to start doing this on every show uh, kind of just to promote, you know, not promote our views necessarily, but just get us talking about, you know, we're in the off season for golf a little bit, especially on the PGA tour as well. There's kind of some rinky dink tournaments going down, you know, no, no shade on Max Homa winning the Sanderson farms or the, no, he didn't win the Sanderson farms. Won the, Sam, Fortnite, the Fortnite, Fortnite championship. And then Sam Burns won the Sanderson farms this last week. That's about all that we need to do talking about that. Uh, <laughs> we did roast that in our TikTok, by the way, if you haven't followed us, you're missing out DNVR underscore golf. Uh, we're killing the TikTok game. It's it's fun. We love doing it from work, and um, it's just a good time. And we ended up kind of blowing up on it. So follow us on TikTok, DNVR underscore golf. But but we're gonna finish this segment up and do fairway or four. All right, Mitchell, give me your first fairway or four. Hit me with that, Gina Gershaw. Hit me with it. Um, I'm gonna kind of go Denver sports here. So. Uh, we a few guys have gotten paid this last week in Denver sports, a few different sports, um, different different teams have paid a few guys. So let me get your your thoughts on MPJ's kind of stipulated max. Is that a fairway or is that a four? I'm going to go with fairway. And if we were a team of the not if we weren't a team, a fan of the Denver Nuggets, if we were a fan of the Brooklyn Nets or the. Los Angeles Lakers, Clippers, teams like that, that can attract free agents, then this is a complete four. So I think this is completely related to the fact that the Denver Nuggets need to build through the draft. They're not, their biggest free agent signing to this date is Paul Millsap, who, even though we call him dad, not going to call him dad anymore because he plays for the Nets. Now we got uncle Jeff Green, but those are the kind of free agents that the Nuggets bring in or guys like that. So when you have a guy like Michael Porter Jr., and you drafted him and you brought him up and you've, you've, you've basically molded him since he was a 18 year old kid that had barely played any basketball past high school at all. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a guy that's going to get a max from anyone. Let's put it that way. And when you're in our market and you have a team with already two max players and a third on a really fat contract that he just signed as well. And Aaron Gordon, I believe that you have to sign him. And you have to give him what he's going to get from someone else. Because if me, if he leaves and turns into the Kevin Durant, the diet Kevin Durant that he already kind of is and, and continues his career trajectory upward, I think you have to keep a guy like that around. And Nuggets have basically pushed all their chips in the center of the table. You know, if and this is sad to even say to think about if they don't win a championship in the next three to four years. All those guys are going to be gone. Those guys are going to be trade deadline targets for other teams. And I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. So I'll table it. But I think it was definitely a fairway shot for the Nuggets to, to re-sign MPJ to the max. I do love the caveat in that max. I don't know if it's called a caveat. It's probably something else. Stip- I, we'd stipulation. Have, we'd have to ask Mares or Wind or Vote or D-Line. But basically – it's only like 172 million, but if he makes an all NBA team, which is basically being one of the top 15 players in the NBA voted on by coaches, players, et cetera, he ends, earns that extra 40 million, I want to say, or 32 million, whatever that number is. My math isn't great, but if he ends up 
becoming on an all NBA team, then we've got a whole nother problem for the NBA. And that's the, the trio of Porter Jokic and Murray, along with another all-star perennial all-star and Aaron Gordon. So definitely fair way for me. I, I would agree with that. And um, kind of along the same subject, I wanted to, uh, you, you're probably not going to throw it out there because it's along the same lines, but a massive four in my mind would have been us trying to sign Ben Simmons. There was a, a bunch of rumors around it. And basically with us play, paying MPJ like that, we can't afford um, Ben Simmons, stupid ass, massive contract. Uh, but I thought that would have been a huge fucking, I mean, besides him and Nicole Jokic in the pick and roll, like just absolutely giving everybody the stain. I think that would have been a, a big mistake. And like Spencer said, you keep a guy at home. Like I, I think there's another franchise that's uh, kind of just down the street from the nuggets that could learn how to uh, maybe keep their star players at home. And some of the guys in their farm team, you know, keep them happy and keep them in town. Uh, but I think they made the right decision and it, it's going to be fun because he, I feel like, and then you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we've seen a Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic about as good as they're going to be, but MPJ still has growth. Like he still has room to grow because he can be that 30 point, a guy, night, night, a guy, <laughs> a night guy, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I think he can be like a 30, 30 point guy and he hasn't even, I mean, he's, he's scraped that, but he hasn't gotten close to, to his real potential. So if you've got a guy, Jamal Murray, who had one of the best playoff runs in NBA history two years ago, and then you've got Nicole Jokic last year's MVP, and then you've got MPJ, who's got the ceiling of, like you said, a diet Kevin Durant. Um, I, yeah, we could be fucking nasty. Uh, and everybody's like, defense this, Ben Simmons defense that. Fuck off. Who cares about defense? It's a mile high city. We score points. We got our boy Bones Highland out there playing defense like a madman. We've got uh, who else we got at the? I feel like our number four. No, if Will Barton's starting, we basically have no defense in our starting lineup. Uh, but that's okay. We'll fucking put up one forty a night. This is like George Carl years all over again. Love it, love it. All right, my first fairway or four. It's completely out of left field. More just world things that I was remind. Something reminded me of it about 20 minutes before we started recording, but what is your thought? And I see a lot of females do this. Not, not a lot of males though, on people that don't match their socks to each other. Oh, that's a big four for me. I think that's psycho shit. Yeah. I think I, that, I, I think that's potential jailing. Like I, I am just not down for that at all. And yeah, I mean, I've seen some dudes do it. If it's like, half if it's like uh one of those stitch socks or what are they the what's that brand Uh, stitch sounds right yeah okay yeah like if they're cool different socks and they're both meant for a reason like to be there then okay i guess like if you're trying to make a statement with your socks um i'm not quite there in my fashion uh wardrobe but if you're if you just have two random fucking socks on straight just fucking throw a straight jacket on him. Like, I just am not, not down for that. So that's a, that's a big four. Did, what did Kylie leave with two different socks on? No, that my socks were, she, she being the sweet lady she is, was doing my laundry. And I was, I lost 
one sock that was completely random and another sock that was completely random. And I was, then there was two of those socks in the laundry. And I looked in my dresser and I was like, why is this sock with this sock and this sock with this sock? They were completely off. I would have not been able to handle myself if I would have put those two socks on. They would have immediately come off to find the matching socks. But yeah, I'm with you. That's a four right for me. That's, I, I can't, can't do it. Cannot not yeah. match the socks. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, okay, so my next fairway or four, I'm staying along the same lines is that last question. Uh, the Rockies just paid Antonio Senzatella and CJ Crone. Do you think that's a fairway or four? Do you think they're holding on to something? I mean, are they just, just fucking grasping at straws? I mean, Senza had a pretty solid year. Crone looked good too, but like, what's the point? Like, why? I, I don't know. I, I guess, why are you paying anybody? This is a full rebuild. This is a full teardown and rebuild. So you're a four on this, I can tell, but I'm an, I'm I a, am. Go ahead. I'm a four. I'm a, I mean, I'm a fairway on this. I'm a fairway on paying Senza. I'm just happy that the new GM, Bill Schmidt, who was interim and now is named the full-time GM. I'm happy that he's making moves. And I think two of the players that, Look, we get Trevor Story's not going to stick around. That that makes complete sense to us. But you got to keep that. This was maybe the best rotation the Colorado Rockies have ever had. Whether or not they like people picked them to lose hundred plus games, and they were a couple games under five hundred at the end of the season. Uh, so I, I think it's a fairway move. If we get good Senza, he's worth that. If we get CJ Crone from this year, he's absolutely worth re-signing. In a full rebuild, you can't play every young player because some of them just aren't ready and you don't want to ruin them. So I'm on I'm on fairway on this. I, I, I personally think that they need to they need to keep the rotation intact at worst case scenario. And then maybe their most dangerous hitter from this past season on the roster. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree, but it's just it just feels like they're just trying to throw the the fan base a bone, like, you know, what I don't know. And I, I guess I'm, I'm just such a negative Nancy when it comes to the Rockies that I'm like, why are they paying anybody? Like just fucking throw our, our double A team out there, our triple A team. Like who gives a shit? They're not going to the playoffs. I'm not that, that guy who, and I don't know if it's, if you can call, I, I am a true Rockies fan, but I just, th- this last year, they've just completely soured me. So I'm not just going to watch them lose 95 games, you know, 85 games, whatever. I don't care. It's not worth watching to me. I think the only way, and everybody knows this in the Rockies fan base, the only way to get the owners to change anything and to change the culture is to show lack of interest because they pack out Coors Field nightly. They they have decent TV ratings and they got a bunch of money coming through the gate. So they don't give a shit. You know, they don't care about the product. And the only way to hopefully give them the idea of changing it is through, you know, just giving them the most direct response of I'm not going to give you my money as I go to Coors Field and spend 200 bucks on booze and buy a Kyle Freeland jersey and fucking probably 200 bucks on the 50-50. You know, that I, I think I had one of those nights a few weeks ago, but uh, I was drinking. So, you know, every anything's on the table at that point. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, okay. That, that's fair. I, I could see it going either way. Um, but just when I see the Rockies – sign somebody i'm like fucking it's one of these just right here just a little finger in the air like woohoo like you know it's it's not moving the needle it's not changing anything so that's that's more i'm more just four on the rockies but 
I like Senza. I like Crone. So fairway on that. Sure. <laughs> I talked you into it. All right. All right. All right. My next fairway or four is being the green text guy. Uh, this just came out a couple hours ago that Bryson DeChambeau is the green text guy. Fucking on brand as hell. Um, but it made the group chats hard, according to a source, um, one of the Brighter Cup players that the group Scheffler. Oh, Scheffler. Dude, that just drives me nuts when you're trying to group text. Sam Gibb, I love you. You're probably listening. Um, but bro, like it just drives me nuts. You can't change the name of it. You can't see, you can't, oh, you can't yeah, necessarily that's a huge, send that's it all obviously, the time. Obviously a huge four for me. Like, fuck that. Yeah. I, I'm team iPhone or die. I will, on my deathbed, I will have an iPhone next to me listening to a podcast. Like I, I, there's no way I could even, you couldn't pay me to have a Google phone or any other phone. You can pay me to do it. Yeah. And being the green text guy, like you said, you can't change the name. You can't leave the chat. You can mute the chat kind of, or you can, uh, not get notifications, but you can't leave the chat. Um, so many different things that are just, you, you can't like react. Like you can't be like, Oh, like haha or whatever on a text. There's just so many disadvantages to being a Google phone user that I, yeah, that that's basically the equivalent of wearing two different socks. Like that's arrestable for me. And whenever somebody comes into the pro shop and they're like, Hey, do you guys have a, uh, like a, what are their phones even called? I forget, like a Google phone charger or a, a Pixel. What, oh, yeah. A, a Google an Pixel. An I Android. Think. Oh, an Android. Yeah. I'm like, what does this look like to you in here? It's no, fuck no. I don't have that. So, yeah, I'm definitely a big four, four on the green text. So, Bryson, that's, that's very fitting of him. Um, who knows what the fees price got a flip phone for all we know. Yeah, exactly. Just an old school Nokia. Yeah. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm going to jump for my last fairway or four. I'm going to jump to another Broncos or another Denver sports team. So I am going with the Broncos. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's had a great start, relatively speaking. He's been airing it out really nice, uh, but he did get concussed last week. He's questionable this week. We're not sure if he's playing or not. Um, do you see the Broncos paying him, like giving him a three or four year deal? Is that a fairway or is that a four? It's a fairway with conditions. If the Broncos make the playoffs this year and are competitive in December, fairway. If they do not, again, they got to start from scratch unless somehow Drew Locke comes in and plays and plays really well. Um, so it's a fairway with a caveat. It's only fairway if he decides to continue the run he's on and he's able to with his concussion and then the Broncos end up 10-7 and as a wild card spot then I'm happy with paying him for a couple more years um and I mean he's not he's not the band-aid that like Case Keenum was I don't think or any of those guys and who knows I may be completely wrong he may be exactly that but he's also not the the sheriff he's not Peyton Manning I don't think we obviously didn't turn into an immediate Super Bowl contender with him but with the, where this team has been the last five years, seeing them win three games in a row to start the season and be three and one after four games, basically a quarter way through, I, I will take a fairway on that if they continue to play at this pace. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's not the, the long-term answer, but like you said, and I guess it's a little early to ask that question. Uh, but from what we've seen so far, I still, I still don't think we should sign him to, 
maybe give him a one or two year deal because ideally we'd like to draft somebody, but who knows, you know, if we make the playoffs, we're not going to have a great draft position and all that other shit. So there's a lot more that goes into it, but uh, we'll see what happens. I guess it's still pretty early in the season. So. All right. My last fairway or four is just a dig on you. I think I know what you're going to answer, but this is psychopathic behavior from Mitchell. Is it fairway or four to make an iced coffee in the morning and bring it to work in your car in an open fucking plastic <laughs> cup? That is about dude. I, get yourself, dude. I'm gonna buy you for Christmas this year. I'm gonna buy you like six coffee cups. You're never gonna have an excuse. Dishes, no excuses. I, dude, I I just don't have a coffee cup that like iced coffee fits in because it's so big. Like it's like 20 ounces. It's a vente. I need to like bring a Starbucks cup home with me and just save it. Cause I, yeah, I end up rolling in with like a fuzzies cup or like a fucking old Rockies cup or whatever, but dude, that's fairway. Like I'm not spilling it. There's, there's no fucking coffee in my car. Like I, I think that's a vibe. Like you pick your cup, like it's like taking home to work with you. You know, you're, you're not like, Oh, I need my work cup. You're like, Oh, this is my home cup, but I'm taking it to work with me. So, I, mean, I think in all reality, drinking any coffee out of a fucking regular cup is, is complete for. See, but. I think I, I think hot coffee, yes, but iced coffee, you can drink that shit out of a dog bowl. Like, who cares? Oh, you can drink okay. that in. You, you feel me? You, I, Interesting you perspective. Interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to ponder on that, and we'll discuss next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Let me know what you think. But I I think I'm well within my right to, to make an iced coffee and put it in a a big 40 ounce fucking cup and throw in my cup holder. Hell yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore golf. Make sure you follow our TikTok, same handle as well. I am at big drive Spence. He's at big drive Mitch. Make sure to check us out. Um, check out the DNVR golf ad. That's still, it's selling like hotcakes. It's on the D the DNVR.com under products golf hat go check it out uh, a lot of people are loving that hat we're going to come out with some more merch hopefully soon and get you guys rocking in the dnvr golf stuff um other than that until then we'll talk to you guys next week on another episode of big drive energy have a great weekend go broncos and enjoy playing some golf before the snow flies peace peace